Part 2, Chapter 5 The journey home was uneventful. The professor kept looking around as if expecting an attack, but nothing happened. He remained very puzzled. All too soon, the children found themselves back on the path by the river. Can we come here tomorrow, professor? asked Tom. Can we go on the jolly boat again? No, Tom. The purpose of each visit is to get closer to the wang doodle. We must press on to other things tomorrow, but we'll come back to the jolly boat another day, I promise you. As they came out of the tunnel and into the garden, Lindy tugged at the professor's sleeve. It was the best afternoon in the whole world, she said. The professor looked pleased. I'm glad you liked it. I enjoyed it, too. My instincts must have been correct. Our second trip came sooner than the proc expected. Though I still can't understand why the wiffle bird kept saying the same thing over and over again. Well, I will say goodbye now and see you all tomorrow after breakfast, if that is convenient. The children were very happy and relaxed as they walked home. Ethel cooked them a good dinner and they discovered that, in spite of all the ice cream they had eaten, they were still hungry. Later, even the boys were willing to retire early. They wanted to be in the quiet of their own rooms to reflect on the wonders they had seen in Wang Doodle Land that afternoon. Lindy changed into her pajamas, brushed her teeth, pulled her curtains, and was just about to turn down her coverlet when, to her surprise, she saw, neatly folded on her pillow, a bright and cheerful-looking piece of material. Her heart leaped as she recognized her scrappy cap. She ran to find the boys. Look, she said. Look what was in my room. But I thought you gave it back to the professor, said Tom. I thought I did too, replied Lindy. Well, don't worry about it. Just keep it safe and give it back to him tomorrow. Long after the lights went out and the house became quiet, Lindy lay in bed clutching the hat and trying to recall why she had not remembered to give it back to the professor. She hoped he would not miss it. He might be upset. She took the scrappy cap from beneath the blankets and gazed at it in the moonlight. It certainly was pretty. On an impulse, she put it on her head and tied the ribbons beneath her chin. Lindy's curtains seemed to be moving slightly in the breeze coming through the open window. The flowers on them looked just like the flowers in Wang Doodle Land. Lindy wished that the curtains would stop moving because she felt a little dizzy. She blinked several times and looking more closely at them, saw with growing excitement that it was only the flowers that were moving and not the curtains at all. She watched them swaying on their long stalks. Far out in the field, something like a plume was moving slowly backwards and forwards and coming towards her. Fascinated, Lindy watched as it came nearer and nearer. Suddenly, she realized it was not a plume at all, but a tail. The flowers at the edge of the field parted, and into her room stepped the most wonderful creature that Lindy had ever seen. It was a cat, but no ordinary cat. This one was as soft as a Persian kitten, yet as big and powerful as a mountain lion. He was silver-gray with large velvet-like ears and glowing amber eyes. His paws were enormous, with great pads that pushed into Lindy's rug, kneading it gently. His back legs were much higher than his front legs, and all four of them were profusely covered with shining, silky fur that he looked as if he, that looked, that he looked as if he was wearing soft, voluminous pantaloons. The extraordinary creature looked slowly around the room, and seeing Lindy sitting up in bed, blinked and twitched his long tail in surprise. Oh goodness, he hissed, his voice both deep and sibilant. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I seem to have lost my way. That's all right, said Lindy faintly. Won't you please tell me who you are? I'm the high-behind splinter cat. He moved around Lindy's bed, his, tr his tail trailing over the brass railing. No need to tell me who you are. I can tell at a glance that you're Miss Lindy. How do you know? She asked, 
she asked in surprise. I've heard the prox speak of you. The animal bunched himself and sprang very gently onto her coverlet. He was talking about you just the other day. He stressed languorously. That fellow's a bully, I must say. I said to myself, if I ever meet that charming girl, I'm going to apologize for his rude behavior. The high-behind splinter cat suddenly rolled over on his back like a playful kitten. Lindy found his head in her lap and the amber eyes gazing up at her. I wonder if you'd do me a tremendous favor? Why, of course. Her hand stroked the silky fur. Would you, uh, could you just scratch beneath the chin a little? Yeah, yeah, that's the spot. A dreamy look came over his face. He pushed his nose against Lindy's hand and then rolled over again. Now just on my back by the tail. Thank you so much. You don't know how long it's been since anyone did that for me. Lindy rubbed and scratched, and the creature responded by arching his back sharply, so that Lindy had to stand up in, or in, it in her bed in order to continue. This gave the splinter cat the opportunity to wind himself around Lindy's legs, and his tail passed under her chin and over her shoulder. Then, quite suddenly, he sprang lightly down from the bed. Do you mind if I look around? he asked cheerfully, stretching once again. I love seeing people's pads. This is perfectly delightful. Lindy quickly got out of bed. She didn't want to miss one second of her visit with this interesting creature. Is there something I should call you? she asked. I mean, do you have a name? Oh, uh, you can call me Kitty if you like, or Fluffy. How about Rover? But Rover's a dog's name, Lindy giggled. The cat's tail whisked ar across her face to stifle the sound. Shh, we mustn't wake anyone. They'd be bound to spoil the fun. The cat suddenly tensed. Wait a minute, look out. He crouched low and then gave a mighty leap forward. Lindy wasn't sure what was happening until she saw that the silky creature had hold of a little toy mouse. Be careful, she cried. That's my favorite toy. I thought it was a real one. Oh, look what I've found. He produced a large ball of wool from beneath Lindy's bed and proceeded to play with it. He patted the ball and ran after it, then tossed it in the air and rolled on his back to catch it. Lindy sat on the floor enchanted as the high-behind splinter cat executed a dazzling display of tricks. Oh, this is such fun. The cat threw the ball again. It bounced off his high-behind. I simply adore string. He caught the ball with his tail and lopped it at the length of the room. Excuse me, he skidded across the floor. Got it. Just give me a ball of wool to play with and I'm an absolute sucker. After several moments of play, the cat stretched out beside Lindy on the floor. His tail switched from side to side and he purred loudly. This has been sensational. How glad I am that I passed this way. You're a sweet girl. He nuzzled close to her and then yawned, revealing a startling row of sharp teeth. I suppose I should get going now. It's quite late. Oh, you must go so soon? Lindy was dismayed. You've hardly been here any time. I'm afraid I must. I don't want to go, but the beastly proc might discover that I'm missing. How I wish I could take you home with me and show you my pad. Do you have a lovely pad? asked Lindy, hoping that if she kept the conversation going she might keep him a little longer. Well, it's rather special pad, in that it's made of silk and satin, with tassels, of course. The cat got to his feet. That sounds fabulous, Lindy breathed. I would love to see it. Do you suppose I ever could? His fluffy tail stroked her cheek. Well, I'm not sure if the proc would allow it, but you could take a peek now if you really wanted to, because I know he's sleeping. Gosh, 
I, I don't know. Lindy was hesitant. It's very nice of you, but I don't think the professor would want me to do anything like that. Of course. It's silly sap. I'm a silly sap to suggest it. He padded slowly to the curtains. Well, so long, Miss Lindy. It's been smashing. Oh, uh, wait, Lindy cried desperately. Will I ever see you again? I doubt it. The cat seemed dejected. Lindy saw that the beautiful eyes were moist. There was a long pause. You know, it occurs to me that if you did come with me, we'd only be gone for an hour, maybe less. The risk would be small because everyone else is asleep. Lindy had a sudden idea. Do you think I could wake my brothers? Do you think they could come too? I'd feel a little better about it. Gracious, no. The cat's eyes flew wide open. His hair stood on end. No boys, please. They're always throwing things and pulling tails. Besides, if we get on so well, they'd spoil our fun. That's true, conceded Lindy. You're quite sure we could be back in an hour? By my eight lives, I swear it. I thought a cat had nine lives, Lindy giggled. She ran to the closet to get some warm clothes. The high-behind splinter cat examined one long, razor-sharp claw. Well, I'll be truthful. I had a little scrape a few years ago and I suffered a rather a setback. You mean you lost a whole life? asked Lindy. It was silly of me, but I got carried away for a moment. The result was rather messy. Messy? Lindy's voice rose. I'd rather not talk about it if you don't mind. It's bad enough losing a life, but then to have to discuss the sordid details? He shuddered. That must have been really gross. I can understand why you'd rather forget it. You're a sweet, sympathetic, sustaining soul. Lindy came out of the closet and the cat straightened expectantly. Here I am, she said a trifle nervously. How pretty you look, said the splinter cat admiringly. He spun around in sudden pleasure. Hot dog, this is going to be such fun. Placing his soft tail protectively around her back and chatting all the while, the high-behind splinter cat escorted Lindy carefully into the field of waving flowers and, without a backward glance, they disappeared into the night.